Hi, welcome to another episode of the Financial Network Podcast. My name is Sohail Ahmed, and I'm your host, founder and CEO of the Financial Network. And what we'd like to do is bring you insights and uh, help provide more clarity on financial strategy, investing, and wealth management. Uh, we're doing this on a regular basis, and, um, and one of the things that I'd like to do is address some of the current issues that are happening in the financial markets, in the economy. And today I've got my uh, colleague, uh, Rahil, uh, with me as well. Good afternoon, Rahil. How's it going? Very well. And uh, uh, so today, I think, uh, Rahil, we wanted to uh, talk about the interesting anomaly mm -hmm. that occurred a few days ago. And if someone had, uh, you know, listened to my podcast two episodes back, I had talked about investing in oil. And, uh, and even on my LinkedIn post, uh, you know, I made a, a comment that, you know, if oil gets down to $10 uh, a barrel, I'd be looking at, quote, backing up the truck, right? And getting as many oil barrels in it uh, as I can, right? But what well, happened, you know, after I had yeah. recorded that podcast, you know, so I recorded it and I, and I uh, shared it. And at that time, it was just nosediving. And mm -hmm. um, it was around $12. $13 and then all of a sudden later in the day it fell into negative territory right and and Rahil you probably saw that it was all over the news and everybody was talking about it you know yeah, oil prices yeah, go negative wild. I know it was, it was quite a it was really shocking I mean just uh, like you said you know it was obviously been at 10 or 12 dollars a barrel it was already quite um, an interesting situation and then yeah. I had to just you know rub my eyes to look at what was going on it said negative and I thought oh my like okay what what is going on like the, the world's going upside down right. and uh, looking into it you know um, it just came down to just oversupply yeah. um, now I'm glad you kind of covered that in the previous podcast and um, some aspects of this but um I was kind of uh, looking to hear what you thought, uh, you know, obviously in light of, of that situation and uh, a, a never before kind of uh, occurrence, how should we progress forward now? You know, yes. what, what are your thoughts after something goes negative? Um, well, I know that's a great question and everybody's thinking about, okay, well, what does this actually mean? And, mm -hmm. and as an investor and as uh, someone potentially looking at, okay, participating in this. Now, just to clarify, um, what actually went negative, the price of oil for the May contract, which is expiring soon, went negative. And, and for me to, for, I guess, our listeners to better understand that, they need to have an um, understanding of uh, what futures contracts are. Because that was actually the price of the futures contract. But now oil, how oil trades and how many commodities trade is that when you're buying oil, um, or natural gas, or you know, corn or soya beans. You know, these are uh, uh, commodities. But how you actually buy them is you don't actually physically own them, right? But you're when you buy uh, the the oil, as an example, you have you're buying a contract that obligates um, you to take delivery of that contract on expiration. Right, okay. right. So when you know oil prices fell to negative territory, uh, that actually meant that people that were holding those future contracts for May 
which expired uh, a couple of days ago, um, and then they get rolled over, they were basically, they were panicking because they could actually not take delivery because there's actually no, or storage space was running out. So there was actually no storage for them to take delivery and store the oil. And it was gonna cost them more to take delivery and to store the oil than the cost of the barrel of oil. <laughs> and that's where it went into negative territory because the, these people that were kind of stuck in, uh, with, the, with the contract, the futures contract, they had to physically, you know, there's actually now the, the old prices that I track and I mentioned this is WTI, WTI meaning uh, West Texas Intermediate uh, Pricing, which is kind of the US pricing. So that oil actually gets delivered to a port. So if you are holding those, um, that oil contract, that futures contract, you actually have to give your brokerage or the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, which handles it, uh, you have to tell them where to deliver your oil. Right, right. Right, and then you have to store it. And it's not an easy thing to store. It's like literally, you know, you, you, you buy them in yeah, barrels. Yeah, right? <laughs> so, so that was uh, that, and that now that instance was if you look at the overall oil market, that the oil that traded in the May contract that went to negative was mm -hmm. actually only about seven or ten percent of the total trading volume for oil. Right. So right. it didn't really mean that oil was free. <laughs> but it was just for that contract that was expiring. Yeah. I guess they had CDF surrounding it, of course. Does that, that make sense? Yeah, that, that clarifies quite a bit. You know, um, I think a lot of uh, a, lot, a lot of people just seeing that crash, uh, that would yeah. have had its own reverberations in, in on the stock markets. But I think um, the, the, just the hysteria of that and the impact that COVID has had on on the markets, that's it kind of uh, fed into people's uh, worry and. Yes, yeah. and, and you know, and the and the drop in oil is a reflection of the weakness in the economy, right? And the anticipated mm -hmm. weakness in the economy, right? Because oil is, uh, you know, it's basically a barometer for economic activity, right? Mm -hmm. it, when people are working, more people are working, more people need to travel. Um, the more people uh, traveling, obviously, need more fuel, petroleum because petroleum is still the largest form of energy uh, and petroleum contracts or petroleum is actually the most traded commodity in the world right, oh, right. Okay. and uh, so so it's a massive massive market and mm -hmm. so what happened is that um, there was panic yeah there was literally panic and but now if you look at it so remember uh, i said now yesterday oil prices for the june contract mm -hmm. actually fell to like 10.50 or so so ten dollars and fifty cents a barrel. Mm -hmm. okay, okay. okay. And then they close at uh, fourteen dollars. And do you know what they're doing right now? What's going on? They're trading at eighteen dollars a barrel. <laughs> right. So in two days, you could have bought oil dollars. yesterday. You know, mm -hmm. I bought a little bit. I didn't buy it at the ten dollar mark. I bought a little bit at the the twelve dollar mark. Mm -hmm. You could have bought it at ten dollars, and you'd be sitting at eighteen dollars, and that's an eighty percent return in two days. Jeez. Right My now, goodness. tomorrow it could be down three, four dollars. Right, so it's a yeah. very volatile market. But again, I think this was a real important test. Uh, and I've been saying now the challenge is that if you buy the futures contract for June, 
and the economy. So this pricing that I just told you that it went to $10 and now it's at $18. This is for the June contract. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that means if you're holding this oil and you don't get out right before the end, you have to take delivery of that oil right <laughs> next month. So, uh, you know, and that's, so there is potential if the economy stays weak and we, uh, you know, continue to get mm -hmm. bad numbers and the lockdowns continue right? Um, mm. Because I've heard in, in Singapore, they've actually extended the lockdown to June the 1st, right? And other countries, mm. uh, there's some countries that are slowly starting to open up uh, the uh, lockdown here in the UK. We're, we're likely We've to have some it. form of lockdown, right? It's already been extended. So mm -hmm. uh, we know we're in lockdown till about mid-May. Okay. Mm. Um, so this is going to be really dependent on how um, the lockdown plays out, how economic activity, when people start getting back. But either way, I think, you know, the, um, the, PA, the price of oil is going to be trading in a range over the next few months, right, as we start to get clarity. So I'm, I'm seeing oil probably trading in the 10 to $20 range, right? So, so now that I mean, it's up at $18, you know, mm -hmm. I'm not rushing into buy, although it's still cheap, but I know yeah. it's had this big move over the past two days. Mm -hmm. Right. So I mean, so I may actually sell. Though it's, yeah, the though though it's made these big moves in the past couple of days. I mean, uh, I mean, is, isn't that going to show? Isn't that volatility just going to continue, like you said, until we get more clarity Absolutely. on the lockdown? But, Absolutely. So should should we? I mean, with your, I mean, should we be more cautious then, or should we be going all in, or what's yeah. what's the kind of the attitude you've got towards us? Yeah, no, that's a, a great question. And uh, because what you want to do is, first of all, assess what your objective is, mm -hmm. right? In the sense that are you investing, you know, what's your time horizon? Yeah. Now, in my previous podcast that I spoke about oil uh, as a good investment, I spoke about the time duration or the duration of the investment being a couple of years. So if I'm buying oil right now, you know, I'm buying it not to kind of trade it. You know, I could trade it, but that's not my objective. My objective is to hold on to it for a year or two years once the economy recovers. Mm -hmm. And when the economy recovers, then oil price is going to be in the 30 to $40 range at the minimum. Mm -hmm. Okay. So because historically that's where it's been. Right. In 1999, yeah, like we haven't seen oil prices this low since 1999. And at that point, it hit $10 something. And within about a year and a half, and I think it was under two years, you know, it was back up to $30 a barrel. So that means that's a nice 200% return. Very, very healthy. Yep. Right? <laughs> and it's in, in something physical that eventually is going to be used. We, do, we don't know when. And, now, and, and I always kind of joke about commodities. Uh, or I used to say that, you know, commodity is something real, you know, it can't go down to zero. Well, now that kind of <laughs> fell apart when oil went into negative, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but oil itself, that was just the May contract, the June contract and the July contract and all those future contracts didn't go into negative, right? Mm -hmm. Now, having said that, the risk is that the June contract, which is trading at 18, could um start to nosedive it could start to spiral down in a similar fashion to the may contract if things stay bad and if there's no um storage capacity 
right? Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons that oil prices are doing good over the past two days that uh, the good old uh, president of the United States, Donald Trump came out with a statement that, hey, we're gonna start buying oil, the government, Mm -hmm. uh, and we'll hold it in our national reserves. Because <laughs> prices are so low, we'll buy it, and that yeah, kind of yeah. gave some support to the market, right? They're like, okay, who? You know, the government can print its own money, um, and then you know, if they start buying oil, then they'll give some support, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because at ten dollars a barrel, you know, everybody's going to be hurting. Yeah, right. And the U.S. has a large oil industry, a petroleum industry from the shale gas uh, or the shale oil uh, fields. Mm-hmm. Right. So as an investor now, what I would do is if you want to buy oil, you know, the future contracts are, are one way, but another way is through an ETF. Um, so the, the most popular ETF and the one that I uh, trade. So as an example, when oil went into negative, this ETF did not go into negative. Uh, oh, do you know what an ETF is? Uh, from from what uh, a vague understanding, but it's more like a pool of money used um, on a certain sector of, of the yeah, stock market? exactly. So an ETF stands for an exchange traded fund. So it's like a fund, mm-hmm. like a mutual fund, um, mm-hmm. but it trades on an exchange and each ETF will have a mandate. So there's actually an ETF um, on the New York Stock Exchange, uh, which is uh, which has a ticker symbol. Ticker is the, the abbreviation that they use, a USO. Right. Mm-hmm. So the USO ETF basically tracks uh, the um, oil futures, right? And they always roll over. So that way, you know, they roll over earlier and they manage it a little bit better to provide the most uh, accurate reflection of oil prices. Right. Okay. right? So, um, and there's pros and cons to that. So what it means is that the USO, uh, depending on what, uh, so it'll hold the June and the July contracts. So it won't be as good. So as, as an example, if oil, the June contract is up like 26% today, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the USO, the ETF is only up 10%. Right, okay. But the nice thing is that you won't get caught into that spiral situation where, uh, you know, if you're holding a futures, uh, oil futures contract and mm-hmm. there's a panic in terms of supply and storage, um, it can go into negative or can fall significantly you know in a day so it's um, more protected I, against that yeah you are you are protected against that and but what i find more interesting these days are actually the oil and gas companies uh because the oil and gas companies and, and many of these I, I follow in the u.s and canada you know these are companies that used to be like trading at five dollars a share oh, they're wow. now sitting okay. at 50 cents a share These companies have started to really do well. And when oil was crashing and going into negative and there's panic, these companies actually didn't do uh, too bad. You know, they were stable. And what that demonstrated to me was that, uh, you know, there is uh, the market, uh, the investor in the energy market think this is as worse as it's going to get. Right. So they're willing to, so, so they're not selling anymore. All the sellers Anybody that wanted to sell is, is pretty much out, mm-hmm. right? And that creates a, an opportunity uh, for the um, uh, investors who want to participate in oil, right? So there's two mm-hmm. ways that we can participate in the energy market. One is by the, the commodity, by owning a commodity, mm-hmm. either through the futures contract or through an exchange traded fund. And, and another way to participate is to buy 
oil and gas companies, right? Um, and I, I don't necessarily look at the BPs and these big companies, right? Which will trade in line with oil, but I look at some of the um, the smaller companies, right? Which have um, uh, which have a lot more, as I call it, a lot more torque in them, right? And uh, as oil prices increase, their margins are going to increase significantly. Uh, but you have to be careful, right? Because if they have debt on their balance sheets um, mm-hmm. and oil prices stay this low and they can't generate enough revenue to pay be in trouble. Uh, the debt, then you know, there is risk of them going bankrupt. Mm-hmm. And um, so, so that's kind of the scenario that we're looking at. But if you're a long-term investor, you know, you're thinking about investing over the next and holding for a year to two years, I think you could do very well. But it's not going to be easy. You have to be able to kind of uh, manage your emotions, right? Yeah. Not panic, yeah. right? Uh, and and have that clear um, uh, intention and objective that I'm investing and buying now. So I don't really care if it's up twenty percent or if it's down thirty percent, mm-hmm. because I'm not buying it for a couple of weeks. I'm buying it for a couple of years, mm-hmm. right? And, and, trusting and that then you don't panic will... and. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but yeah, like like you said, managing your emotions, being clear on your objectives, and like you said, you know things will fluctuate um, in such a hectic manner over the next few months. Um, but I think, like you said, when it comes to when it comes to getting through these crises, um, things will always kind of return to somewhat of a norm. And right now, we're in the kind of eye of the storm. But yes. if you're looking way ahead a year, two years, and being intelligent about it, then there's perhaps room to be there. There's gains to be made. Right. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And uh, and again, it's it's um, investing is um, you know I believe investing is a science, right? So there's a method and process that you have to utilize uh, to be successful over the long term. And we'll maybe share some of these uh, uh, principles as we go forward and it's got to be an integral part of your investment and financial strategy. Um, and first of all, with investing as with anything, you know, if you, you know, if you're investing in anything, uh, you know, you have to be able to, uh, live with the volatility. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and with the stock market and with the, you know, oil and futures, the, the biggest challenge is that it's so easy to get in and out. That's where people end up, um, losing money or not, being able to uh, profit as they should because you know they get fearful when they have to be greedy right mm-hmm. and they get greedy when they have to be fearful <laughs> right and uh, and we'll share some of these uh, uh, strategies uh, and methods over the next uh, uh, podcast so sure I think with that we'll wrap it up uh, Rahil yep absolutely unless you've got absolutely. another burning question about oil <laughs> I see what you did there. I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> Pun attended. And, oh my uh, God. <laughs> but you know, we've done three. We've done three episodes on oil and energy. So I promise not to talk about oil in my next podcast. And uh, you know, and uh, we'll, we'll, talk, we'll look at uh, particularly strategies. You know, we, we won't necessarily talk into specific um, assets, but into some of the strategies that are really important and maybe go maybe a bit deeper into futures and options and just so people understand um, and understand what the risks are uh, and the, what the risks aren't, right? So it's not as risky, but it is risky. Um, and we'll kind of dissect that 
in future episodes. Excellent. Looking forward to that as well. All right, wonderful. And um, I'd like to just remind all of our listeners that um, you know this podcast is for educational purposes only. You know, it's not meant to be personal investment, financial, or tax advice. So please consult with uh, your own financial advisor and do your own due diligence. And thank you so much for listening. Uh, do follow us on your favorite uh, podcast medium, um, and also follow us on YouTube. Uh, just uh, search for Financial Network. And you should be able to find us on YouTube as well. And uh, thank you so much. And if you liked what you heard, uh, do share. And wishing everyone a safe and um, uh, happy rest of the week. Thank you, Rahil, for joining me. Yep, thanks, Rahil. Catch right, you. Take care, everyone. Well.